welcome to another episode of Evansville Underground Music. Super excited to have Einer with me tonight. Um, Einer is the uh, sound guy for Evansville Underground Music. Um, yeah. So if you've come to a show, you'd recognize him. He's a big dude with a long ponytail in, typically. So um, that's Einer, and he's pretty intense during the shows. He's Running got, around. Uh, yeah, he's got his iPad adjusting the volumes. and uh, So Einer, um, you know, I don't know if it's... I know for myself, when I go to concerts, I don't think much about the sound. I just yeah. go, and you know, if it's a good experience or whatever. But I mean, it's uh, there's an art form to it. Yeah. And uh, how long you been doing it? How long you been doing sound? Um, well, I mean, I started doing it in 1990 when I went to school for it, for mixing and recording. Um, but from the time I graduated, or the, from the time I moved back to the Midwest, I hadn't done it for years. Wow. Until probably 2014. So in 1990, you went to school for what mixing was and recording, mixing and recording, audio engineering. Yeah. Wow. In, in Seattle at a community college, Shoreline Community College. So what was your what was your dream at that time? You wanted to be the sound guy for. I just wanted to run sound. I didn't really have any particular goals for any bands or anybody in particular that I wanted to work for. But I just I just wanted to learn the the business of running sound. And wow, has anything changed since 1990? Oh, what you? <laughs> <gosh>. <laughs> it's, a... it's not even the same anymore. It's everything's digital. Everything's automated. Everything's. Yeah, it's completely different from what I learned. So in 1990, when you're going to school, you're working with like sliders yeah, and big, knobs. Yeah, big honking and... knobs. Yeah, I worked on a board in, at the school. Uh, it's called a Quad 8, if I remember right. And it's the exact same board that Steely Dan used in the studio when they were recording. Really? Back in the day, yeah. No kidding. So that was interesting. But in principle, it's the same thing. You're balancing it, yeah, levels. and basically. Um, but now it's just all, you know, on a, on a touch screen. Yeah, yep. yep. The routing is... Uh, more complicated and 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 somewhat simplified at at the same time, uh -huh. but um, I mean, you had old uh, patch bays that you had to use back in the day, and now everything is done on the computer or again, like you say, in the in the iPad app or whatever. Right. So it's just a matter of figuring out the whole digital side of things, which I kind of had to do in 2014. I basically taught myself the digital side of everything because, again, but before that, I didn't know anything about the digital world of right. mixing. And it's just a matter of uh, learning all the different ways that you can route the signal path and it's coming in from here, but it's going to there and it's going out there and yeah. Pretty cool. It's, so you go to school for it in 1990 and then did you put that schooling to use? Out in Seattle, I did do sound for some bands. I um, recorded a few demo uh, albums for a couple of bands. Uh, I was like the main sound guy for this one band. And uh, they actually had a bunch of member changes and they decided that at one point that they were going to name the band after me so what for yeah it was pretty cool for like a year or so there was all these flyers all over seattle Einer flown playing live at whatever whatever <laughs> no yeah, shit. yeah it was pretty fun that's cool that's cool yeah. so and you said some studio stuff so you were recording albums i did uh, I, I mean i didn't work in a studio but i had we had some gear that my guitar player in, in the one band that i worked for he had a like an eight track cassette uh, recorder and so we used that along with another mixer just so we could mix some some EQs before sending it to the to the 8-track and um, just had like a rack mounted with some gear in it and and uh, and uh, the 8-track and then we just recorded using that. Wow. And then we just dumped it all down to DAT and brought it to the dupe house and had so to make our this copies. Is, this, is in, um, this is in the 90s. 
Yeah, that would have been, by that point, it was probably 95 or 96. Wow, so yeah. in the Seattle area. Yeah. So the music scene was, that was it the was, place. It then. was exploding, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you, you, I mean, we're talking Nirvana, Soundgarden, yeah, yep. Yep. Uh, Alice Pearl, Chains, Jam, Pearl Jam, Alice yep. in Chains, all in that time frame yep. in Seattle. Yeah. So are you seeing those bands? I We saw Soundgarden every once in a while. I never did see, I never did see Nirvana. Um, I can't remember if I actually caught Alice in Chains before Lane died or not. Um, I don't remember now huh. if I if I ever caught them live, but how cool! I did see Soundgarden quite a bit. I saw Soundgarden on um, Bremerton, Bremington, Bremerton on the peninsula at a beer fest out there. Wow, that was pretty cool. So when you're in Seattle in '90s, did were you aware that you were the center of the? universe of rock and roll at when the time? I first I mean... moved there no when I first moved there to start school I was like yeah this is cool I haven't I hadn't heard anything about the grunge scene or anything like that I mean I was a small town midwestern kid that mm -hmm. just happened to be able to move out to Seattle and start going to school I lived with my grandpa for a while and and uh just just started learning the, about the recording and and stuff but it wasn't until probably I don't know, maybe a year later that it finally sunk in that well, this is an exploding time right now and <laughs> this is where it's at right now and, and it was right in the middle of it. That's pretty cool, doing yeah. sound. That's yeah. really cool. And you, I know you did do some stuff with, with um, I forget who, um, one of the big name bands I was familiar with. Was it? Uh, Alice in Chains. Alice in Chains. Did I didn't you? do anything with them. I, I happened to know Lane Staley. Okay. Uh, just because I went to school, my music theory class, uh, a guy by the name of Johnny Barcolis was in my music theory class, and apparently he was the original bassist for Alice in Chains, and so he knew the band and stuff. And then I started working at a Tower Records out there, and he would bring Lane to the coffee cart every once in a while, and we'd just sit outside smoking cigarettes and drinking coffee and yeah. just having a fun old time. Well, I can picture that, man. That's yeah. that's the scene back yeah, then in yeah, Seattle. Yeah. The smoking cigarettes yeah, smoking and drinking coffee. Smoking cigarettes, drinking coffee. And... <laughs> yeah, wearing flannel, long hair. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's right, the flannel. Yeah. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. So I'm at that time, I'm, you know, graduating high school. And, yeah, we're hitting up thrift stores, finding the old flannel yeah. and, you know, khaki pants. And, yeah, yeah like, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's yeah it pretty was fun. Cool. It was so a you, fun time. You did sound for a while, and then you said you took a break. Yeah, when I moved, I moved away from Seattle in 97, and then I was in uh, northern Iowa for a little while, but then I moved up to Minneapolis, and in Minneapolis, maybe a couple of times in the first couple of years I was there, I, somebody found out I was a sound person, and they happened to have a band, and they wanted me to run sound, so I did a couple of things in the first couple of years in 97, 98, but then from there, I didn't do anything. I mean, it was like, I just didn't do anything. I got other kinds of jobs, like my jobs kind of went in a different direction and I got really big into like residential lighting and, uh -huh. and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, I just hadn't done any sound at all until then about 2014. And then what happened in 2014? Uh, we're members at this Lutheran church here in town mm -hmm. and, um, the pastor had asked me, he heard that I was a sound person cause my wife was working at the church. And so he heard I was a sound person and asked me if I wanted to start doing sound for them, just kind of as a volunteer. And uh, that's when I had to learn this new digital technology because their board was fully automated, fully digital, and and their system was like that. So I had to had to teach myself that. And next thing I know, they're making me, turning me into the audio video technician there. And so now I'm doing sound for there and then sound for EUM. and. And tell me about that. How did you get involved with Evansville Underground Music? 
Uh, well, as I recall, Joe and Rye and I were sitting around talking uh, one night. I think it was after beer school or something like that. And uh, we were like, wouldn't it be great if we had this like DIY collective and we brought musicians to town and we set up a PA and found venues that we could, you know, rent out or use or whatever. And, and we just kind of like the well, the first show, of course, was in was in Joe's uh, living room. Mm -hmm. But then after that, we started to think, well, what can we do to, you know, be a little bit more in a venue and actually have it more of a like a regular show. And so we started looking around, and um, I think our, our next show was at uh, Emma's table. And um, we just it just kind of all snowballed from there. I mean, we just kind of started, Joe started getting in touch with more people and booking more bands. And of course, we had to cancel some because COVID hit. And then, you know, summer of 2020, we did the port shows. Right. And that turned into an amazing success, so... It's so cool to see where Evansville Underground Music is now and to, and to look back at those chance yeah. encounters yeah. of, you know, you made some friends here in town. and yeah. that first and show or two and, yeah. Joe had some connections and promoting experience and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, yeah, here we are, you know, we're, we're getting ready tonight. We've got a big meeting that we're, you know, talking about 2022 already yeah. and uh, yeah. trying to lay out our plans for, um, you know, trying to make it bigger and better. Well, yeah. I don't know what we're trying to make it. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk know? about that, yeah. It blows my mind still to this day that we did 24 shows yeah. this past summer from yeah. May 1st to like the middle of October. Yeah. 24 shows. Yeah. That's just, it was crazy, but it, it was a blast. It, it was, was a blast. Time. It was a blast. I, I don't, for me, it got a little intense because that's when my job's busiest in the summer. So, like, oh, yeah. it was a blast at the beginning, and then it was like, oh, man. <laughs> All right, only five more. I can do this, yeah, you know? Yeah, so. yeah. yeah well, for, for me and, and uh, you know, uh, you know, head-to-head -head combat pretty much with Joe and you know, me, all the, all the Saturday night shows, and that's when I needed to be at the church because the COVID, you know, um, it ended up being that they would only one sound person and that was me at the church you know during covid times and uh -huh. and, and um so i pretty much had to do all of the services and and joe was booking shows here and there and i was like wait i can't do that night and right but we made it happen somehow so that's it somehow because i mean all of us involved with and i think i've said this on the podcast before but we're nobody's getting paid we're all doing this nope. just for the love of music yep. and, and some of us have you know like you've got it a lot more talent and bring a lot more to the table but we all have families and things we're yeah. trying to organize and yeah. then we're we're pulling off these concerts at yeah. the same time it's and just it's amazing it's amazing <laughs> it's amazing and we, you know we put in a lot of time i mean there's uh um you know the setup before the show yeah. so like if we have a show at six o'clock we're there by four yeah. setting up yeah. with all all the equipments at various places yeah. so we all kind of have to show up with our carload of stuff yeah. for the show and then the show happens and yeah. we're busy and then there's that you know tearing down and the after show and the you know it's a yeah it's a it's, it's a, a long day it's a big commitment you know i'll just throw in there um while i'm talking about that we're we have a fundraiser a gofundme page so yeah. um look for that on um, facebook's probably the best place people can yeah, find if that you go to our, our facebook page you'll see it there but yeah we're um nobody's getting rich here we're just trying to to put up put together great music and mm -hmm. uh you know our our shows are free, we say. We do pass around a bucket, and, yeah. um, you know, there's expenses that go into yeah. to doing what we do, you know. And yeah. uh, and now we're wanting to get, you know, nonprofit status, and that costs a little bit of money, and yep. that has to come from somewhere, yeah. Right, so. right. So it's uh, pretty awesome to be a part of, part of all this. So I'm excited for tonight and to, yeah. um, you know, talk. We talked a couple weeks ago, and we're starting to 
We took a little break there at the end of the season. Nobody, yeah. <laughs> we, no, we didn't really. I mean, we texted a lot, but we yeah. haven't had any meetings really for even our te- for like. We've got months. this little group chat that we do for Evansville Underground Music, and uh, um, it gets going pretty hot and heavy. There was yeah. there was a few week period where I was like, "Is my notifications turned off or what?" Because I think we were all just all right. We made it to the end of the season. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm getting excited already for next season and. Uh, uh, we are fortunate, Einer, to have you. It's freaking awesome work, man. It's uh, um, maybe a little bit of, um, you know, out of sight, out of mind, I think, for a lot of people. But but you do an amazing job. I, you know, do the podcast, and I talk to the bands afterwards, and it's like a broken record. They all say the same thing, like, wow, the sound guy. I mean, they're just – and the bands, they know, you know. They deal with a lot of different yeah. sound people or have their own or whatever. Yeah. And, and, yeah, that's uh, – um, we're pretty fortunate to have you as a part of Evansville well, Underground Music. Well, and I appreciate hearing that. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. I just, I love what I do. So yeah, I walk around the shows telling everybody I love my fucking job. <laughs> that's my shows. job. And I love it. It shows, <laughs> man. You've always that's the other thing. You've always got a big smile on your face, and uh, um, yeah, you can't can't fake passion. You know what I mean? No, and, uh, not at all. You definitely have it. So thanks for bringing that passion to Evansville Underground that's Music. My pleasure. Let's rock it in 2022. Yeah, for sure, man. All right. All right. Thanks, buddy.